you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Dow and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. As with every episode, we start this one saying that the intended audience is everybody. Today, we'll be speaking with our special guest, Dr. Neil Ratcliffe, on what his role is in the pharmacy technology and for informatics world. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast, Neil. How are you doing today? Great, Tony. Thanks so much for having me. Enjoyed listening to all your other episodes, so I'm really excited to be on. I'm really excited to speak with you today. Just for the listeners to kind of get a better you know, understanding about where you're from, can you kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, uh, you know, I'm a pharmacist. Uh, I've been a pharmacist now for over 10 years, which uh, sometimes is hard to believe. But I went to uh, pharmacy school at Butler University in Indianapolis, Indiana. I got into pharmacy because my mom was a pharmacy technician and I really enjoyed uh, going to the pharmacy to, to see her, and, and I really loved the pharmacist there, even though that was a small independent pharmacy you know, in rural uh, southern Indiana. You know, I knew that I wanted to help people that way, so that's kind of what took me to pharmacy school. You know, from there, I uh, was interning at uh, one of the retail stores, and while I did enjoy that, you know, I, I started to see in school, right, we, we learned a lot. We really learned how to be a little bit more clinical. So that started to take my interest. And uh, after I graduated, I, I took a job at um, Indiana University Health Methodist Hospital, just as a hospital staff pharmacist. So that's kind of where I got started in the actual pharmacy space. So you started off in the pharmacy space, like in the clinical side of things and in the hospital side. Can you kind of remind me where you are today now? Yeah, yeah. So so after I was working at that hospital, uh, I, I decided to move to Chicago and naively thought, oh, I have you know, this great experience uh, at a, you know, anger bed level one trauma center. I'm going to go up to Chicago and get any job I want, uh, which is not true. You know, I don't have a residency. And, you know, while, you know, I think I had a pretty well-rounded experience there at uh, Methodist Hospital, you know, just it wasn't really there to get me in the door. So I actually then took a job at a hospice pharmacy. And I also really enjoyed that that clinical space as well. Uh, they allowed us to uh, do some interdisciplinary team meetings with some of the hospices that we supported and, you know, even did some home deliveries to patients and, you know, really got to interact there with, you know, this really vulnerable population, right? And felt like it really making an impact. But after um, about a year there, I had a former colleague from the first hospital reach out and asked me if I wanted to join a uh, telepharmacy company to start to help her out with implementing their services. And so um, I'll be honest, I didn't even know what telepharmacy was then. I didn't even really know what informatics was. So, but the thing that I did know was uh, it was work from home and, you know, uh, our plus commute each way was starting to wear on me. So I was like, you know what, that sounds pretty interesting. Let's do it. Um, and so that's what took me to my current job at Pipeliner X. So I am now our director of pharmacy support services at Pipeliner X, which is a uh, telepharmacy company that um, the majority of our business is doing remote order processing for hospitals. So uh, we have about 150 pharmacists uh, working for almost 200 hospitals around the country. And and so when I started, uh, I started just staffing overnight, maybe about 10 hospitals, you know, just different times a day that they would be needing coverage, started doing implementation where uh, I would bring on a new hospital customer, you know, learn about all of their policies and procedures, and then train our pharmacist how to support them, uh, how to get into their EHR, how to, um, you know, perform as an extension of their pharmacy. So I think it was at that point when I realized that, uh, one, I, there's a lot of different EHR vendors out there, and pretty much every EHR instance, even amongst the same vendors, is, you know, really a custom build. That there's a lot of opportunity, right, to to improve 
the use of those systems and kind of optimize those systems. So I think that that's really where my interest in informatics started to be, even though you know I've not ever really been in a traditional informatics role. But uh, that's really, I think, what got me interested in the topic. And then I started leading a group of pharmacists uh, who were also doing the implementations. Uh, we started selling our software to other organizations to be able to run their own telepharmacy groups. And then at the beginning of 2019, so just over a year ago, I uh, took on a new role called Director of Pharmacy Support Services, where uh, we incorporated the training team and then also our pharmacy technicians, where we have about 30 technicians who do some support roles. So that's what got me up to where I am. And you know, now my day-to-day is is uh, trying to coordinate the activities of the implementation team, the training team, you know, to support our own 150 pharmacists. And then we have, I think, about 800 or almost 1,000 users on our product now. Um, I'm obviously not supporting all of them. You know, we, we do uh, have different support structures, but um, but we do run the content that they need to be supported through our uh, help desk system. When I have a group of technicians that are managing a kind of tier one support for our help desk, you know, we're kind of moving into some more clinical space with uh, what we, we're calling our clinical modules and our PowerGuardX app. But but it's been pretty exciting to see the software grow and the use of the software grow and um, and really be able to kind of run all of our support services. Wow, that's that sounds like a lot of the things that you actually went through when, <laughs> yeah, at Pipeline. <laughs> I guess like another thing I have a question about that is um, you said that for telepharmacy at Pipeline, you guys are going into different EHRs to, to, to verify the orders. Is it actually going into different EHRs that are like maybe Epic, Cerner, Allscripts, things like that? Or like, do you guys have your own kind of system or verification system that just talks to these different EHRs? We, we access our uh, client hospitals, EHRs. And, but the software that I keep talking about is uh, where we do documentation of our work. So this is really where we track the work that our pharmacists do. Um, since we can't always get access to the data that our pharmacists are doing, you know, the work in the, the electronic health record system. So, um, yeah, so Epic, Cerner, all the different Meditechs, all scripts, Athena, uh, Evident, uh, formerly CPSI. Siemens. I mean, there's, I think the last time I counted, it's almost 25 different EHR vendors or, or versions if you count all the different Meditech versions. And, you know, that's really why we have to have a dedicated training team um, of, uh, we have our services organization broken up into regions. We have uh, four of those. So we have a, uh, four different uh, trainers that are pharmacists in each region and a training manager. So that she manages that group and, and some of our other activities. And, you know, we got to maintain content and on all these different EHRs. So, to me, though, the, the, you know, the really exciting thing has been able to, you know, see kind of what works well and and the different EHRs and be able to kind of just tell our customers, hey, if you thought about, you know, cleaning up your formulary, um, you know, running some maintenance on some of your order sets, or you know, here's how we've seen, you know, other other people, you know, overcome some of the challenges that you're telling us about, and you know, really at this point, we've not been trying to turn that into a consulting business. I don't think, you know, I think we're try to be good partners with them. And, you know, it seems like they receive that really well. Wow, that's really cool. And then you guys also, do you do you actually do the uh, a lot of work with their automated dispensing cabinets as well from the different hospital systems? Is that kind of part of that process of telepharmacy? That's not at the majority of our customers. We do have some that um, that they do require us to be able to remotely access their auto dispensing cabinets. And you know, I think OmniCell and Pixis both have some uh, web-based consoles. So, you know, when I started, right, that wasn't a thing, right? You had your Pixis machine down in the, the basement of the pharmacy where you could access all the inventory. So, but I think a lot of the EHRs are pulling the data and can tell you at least if a product is supposed to be loaded. 
So while you may not have like an accurate inventory, you can at least, you know, guide a nurse to, you know, Hey, if, if you're not seeing it in this, if this cabinet, you know, go down to, you know, the unit down the hall or up this floor, you know, and again, right. A lot of these now have global fines. Uh, you know, I think that was Pixis or, you know, the equivalent Omnicell or AccuDose. And I think we've seen some Cernar station now a couple of times. So. Yeah, we. I mean, we try to we try to to be that extension of the pharmacy, and, and I personally had this happen to me. But you know, we've had a couple of different pharmacists say that they'll have nurses that'll say, "Hey, I'm I'm here at the door. Can you come let me in? I need to I need to show you something." And we're like, uh, "We're not actually on site. Your pharmacy's closed, uh, but we're glad that you think that we're doing <laughs> doing such a good job." So I think the you know the cool story there, you know, the, or at least the, the the picture there is that you know pharmacists can really be supporting people through technology, right? So while I think that there is a uh, there is a large benefit, there are some things you just can't go without being by being on site. You know, you really can support people remotely, and I think you know we're starting to see telehealth, right, being able to you know positively impact a lot more patients that way. Yeah, yeah, telehealth, especially for like the rural areas when they don't have as much access to you know specialty people, and I think kind of like seeing telepharmacy being a thing like this, it's actually pretty cool. It's it's a uh, exciting for me to hear that's something that can be done successfully right now yeah yeah and i think that's the majority of our well at least in the beginning that was the majority of our customers right you know small rural critical access hospitals that you know just really couldn't justify a pharmacist you know 12 hours a day you know after hours right so i think that that's you know great where you know you see teleradiology tele telepharmacy other telehealth right, that you know, these patients don't have to go without just because you know they may not have resources or, you know, even just sometimes people that are willing to live in those areas, you know, that, you know, have that expertise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I, I guess going back about your experience as a hospital staff pharmacist, I mean, I, I think I kind of know, but I still want to ask you, like, what kind of uh, traits and skills did you gain from being a hospital staff pharmacist that really helped you with what you're doing today? Yeah, I think that, you know, I was really fortunate that the, the place I was working let us rotate through the different decentralized or excuse me, the different pharmacy satellites, and then also uh, sit out in some decentralized roles. So, you know, I think I got exposed to, you know, even the the different mini cultures, you know, and the different services and units. But really, when I look back at that, I, uh, I did my last year of nights. Uh, so, you know, that was where we really had a, a smaller pharmacist staff. And we were really forced to think on our feet and, you know, do things without management oversight that, you know, we would obviously need to discuss the next day. But, um, you know, it really showed me that it's okay to be bold and, you know, to be willing to help out. And, you know, not that I say, uh, always ask for forgiveness over for permission, but, you know, whenever there could be times, um, you know, there was at least one uh, night that there was a, a sort of a natural disaster where some, some wind and storms blew. Oh, it was like a, a roof at a music venue and it, you know, kind of crushed. I think we had almost a hundred people coming in that were, that were injured. Yeah. And so to try to kind of organize resources and start to do some real triaging like that. I mean, that was really um, exciting and scary, but, you know, coming away from that to see like, you know what, we can all pull together to really do this. Uh, you know, that's probably one of the experiences that stuck with me and I, I'm sure it will the rest of my life. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was intense. And, you know, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, even some of the other hospitals were kind of, you know, sending over nurses. And I think you know, we had even had a couple of ER docs that came and joined and then delivering some, some drug product. And it was like right after we had opened an OR pharmacy too. So, you know, that was really, really interesting to kind of support it. You know, I think there were at least a handful of cases that you know, had to get some pretty emergent surgery. But it, it was interesting. I wish I kind of would have known more about, you know, informatics at that time. And, and I hadn't really appreciated the, the whole team that was behind you know, maintaining our Cerner 
um, environment then. So you probably the people listening to your podcast, right? If they're students or younger or just, you know, interested in, you know, that field and making a change. I think the best thing, you know, is just, just ask questions and it's good to ask, like, why does this work this way? And, you know, who decides this? And, you know, there's usually decisions made behind all of this now, right? So I kind of took that for granted that it was just a well, system we used and that was it. Yeah, I think like from the end user, so like when I was working at my last place, it was like a smaller uh, government hospital. There was a, a bit more visibility like between, oh, like I'm that Cerner pharmacist guy while like the rest of the hospitals, like pharmacy staff is there, like they know they were able to reach out to me. So I had people who ask, asked me questions why things were certain ways and, you know, the whole governance process. And it was nice because it was a smaller kind of uh, institution where that can happen, where sometimes in the larger institution, like what you said, it may be taken for granted, or it may be like, oh, that's the way it is, because they don't really know that there's that process behind it, because the institution's so big, and there's so many things going on, right? So yeah, yeah. And I think that was just it exactly, right? That, uh, you know, I just where I was at that time, right, I wasn't really interfacing with those people. And maybe it would have got there, right? Um, I actually know some of them now. And it's kind of funny to talk about a little bit, but I think you're right. It's uh, so even I would say even if you are in a big institution and you're hearing this, you know, be just ask like who are informatics pharmacists or you know who are analysts. You know, I'm just curious if I could you know shadow them for a day or just you know see if I can meet them for lunch or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a really good advice. And you know, talking about the informatics side, can you kind of like uh discuss a little bit about the ASHP informatics certificate that you you did? Yeah, so. Uh- so I, I took the ASHP informatics certificate, you know, not really knowing what to expect. And, you know, what I found about that was that it was a great overview of what um, informatics can be in in pharmacy, um, especially just because pharmacy, right, we're, we're really part of the entire med use cycle. And while I wouldn't say that it's something that if you have on your resume or you go to a job interview and that somebody's going to give you, a, you know, an informatics job just because you've done this certificate, um, I think it can point you in the direction to get some more experience. So interestingly, one of the uh, one of the courses, or the, excuse me, the lectures um, was done by uh, one of the informatics guys there at the hospital, at least the health system. So it was kind of cool to see his name and then be like, wait a minute, I recognize the name, but I didn't really know what his role was at the time. So kind of just circling back what we were just talking about. But one of the things that it did was it, it also pointed me to getting my CPHIM certificate. And again, while I don't know that that would really uh, be able to justify without any experience, right? And, you know, you're supposed to have experience before you can take that. But it it really showed me through that certificate as well, some things that I could actually apply at our company. And that was when I was starting to get into um, more of a manager position and really thinking about like, you know, having a strategic plan for your group that should, you know, align under the strategic plan, maybe for division, which hopefully is aligning under the strategic plan of your company, you know, or at least the the mission and vision, right? So I think going through from the ASHP informatics certificate to then also the CPM certification really matured me and and I think thinking like a leader. So I I highly recommend both of those. I don't think that they're the end all be all by far, but I really think that they can put people on some different paths. So, you know, the ASHP informatics certificate, you know, is going to show you some stuff about data. We had a couple of uh, lectures on that when I, when I did it, auto dispensing cabinets, barcode medication administration, you know, so, you know, even these little sub areas that you can start getting more experience in later, at least it can identify some resources there for you as you go on to try to do some projects in those areas. I'm glad you mentioned the CPMs because like that is, that's something I did too. And I did it after I already have been, I, I was already working in the informatics space. I think like when I 
took that, then I realized, you know, there's a bunch of these higher level decisions that I didn't realize before, even though I'm in the informatics space, but that the higher level of like, you know, you know, deciding which EHR to go with, or, you know, making sure divisions are, are matching what the institution's goals are, things like that. Like, I didn't think about that when I was working as an informatics pharmacist. Because I was just working within the department or within, you know, the informatics side. But understanding that kind of gave me a different perspective to like my day to day. Yeah. I think it just helps open your mind to like the broader picture for the whole organization. And um, it's a really good thing to, to kind of go through. That's such a great way to, to say that is, yeah, it really kind of opens your mind, right? And help you to see the global picture, or at least, you know, start thinking about the global picture. And then, and I would even say, you know, I try to encourage uh, even our pharmacists that are in the chair staffing every day, or, you know, the implementation specialists or trainers, right? Like if you see stuff that looks like it could benefit or, you know, that we're not doing that isn't aligning with our other strategies and projects, like just, just speak up, right? We don't want to healthcare there's not a lot of extra resources to go around right so um if you if you can turn the ship just a little bit because of something that people at the ground level are seeing i think that that's that's really great and you know again right i think it'll be one of those things that i'll probably try to relook at the study guide or something and hopefully pick up some new things and it just keeps opening your mind more and more every time you you start to think about it or you know review some of these uh topics that came up in the cpms yeah actually i still regularly go through the cpms like uh, material like just just to see like any inspirations even just for this podcast to like talk about any of those topics yeah yeah so so yes yeah, so, you know so you're at pipeline as a director of pharmacy support services and i guess in relation to the cpms how how do you think like maybe some of those traits have have you been able to apply uh, in your current role so I think that trying to one of the things has been trying to get a data driven culture going. So there's a few other folks in the organization that you know are really interested in data and how you can really leverage that for information to then make decisions. Um, so we sort of started a grassroots effort to to do that, and then now actually we've just opened up a operational data warehouse, which has been awesome. So we have a person she's really experienced in data and you know worked with me to kind of make my understanding better and. So I think that that's one uh, area is, you know, just trying to see, okay, you can, I mean, if you have the rapport with, you know, senior leadership, I think that that's good to then bring up to them, like here, we need to be thinking about how we can kind of focus on data or focus on some sort of initiative that we see that the industry is moving towards, but it, it doesn't have to happen that way. You know, um, I didn't use the words gra- grassroots efforts at the time, but once we started talking about it, you know, and what it's really produced, I think I would also say, uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind is don't feel like you can't start something, you know, just start a journal club or start a, just a discussion group. And one of the other things we've done is sort of like an integration boot camp for our pharmacy operations team, right? So while I've been having a lot of exposure on kind of the interfaces that we receive data from and how that's used and the different means that we get the data, right? It's not all just HL7 interfaces. We have a few other different solutions, but it helps other people, right, to know that. So I think, you know, that's one of the other things that I learned through that is, you know, be willing to try to get the rest of your organization on board, right? So um, I think the CPMs made it, made the focus that, you know, now IT and other health information system managers are, you know, kind of having a bigger seat at the table. So now while we're not a healthcare institution, right, we're, you know, we're a vendor really, but some of those things still apply, right? Like obviously doing technology, you know, our product and engineering and IT, you know, they are kind of, you know, have a have a really large role in our organization. And so being able to kind of communicate with them better about what we need, I think, you know, helped me to, to get some of the things that we needed done. So 
Yeah, I think a lot of the leadership side. So it was funny because like there was a lot of this that I was like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. I already know all the kind of ins and outs of this, right? Just from my experience, uh, even some of the project management. I will say actually one of the other things that it helped me with was I think using the same terminology, right? So like sometimes in pharmacy, we just kind of use the, the words that were it makes us think of. And so that can cause some communication barriers between your technical teams or system teams and everything. So I think that was another another benefit was, all right, now I'm using this consistent vocabulary that they understand. And it's a lot less back and forth and a lot less misunderstandings there. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's actually a pretty big advantage of being a person in informatics is kind of being that liaison between like the clinical side and, you know, the IT side. Mm-hmm. So so that's a, that's a really good point that you brought up, and I agree with that too. And I guess for people who are interested in getting into like a role where they are using technology uh, to kind of like improve patient care, where maybe it's through telehealth, maybe it's through what you're doing over at Pipeline, you know, like providing a kind of like a, a documentation system for pharmacists who are doing telehealth. What uh, advice would you give them if they uh, ask for some advice? Yeah, the, the biggest one is always just be open and willing to um, help others and projects. So, you know, volunteering for any project I think is uh, that you see as technology related is great. And, uh, and I'll say, you know, be willing to put the extra time in that it may not be paid, right? So I think you have to, to decide if that investment's worth it to you. And, you know, that may be easier for some people depending on their role. But uh, I think one, it shows that you're willing to, to help. And then two, you're going to get extra experience that you may not otherwise. And there's going to be times where you're maxed out and don't be afraid to admit that. You know, that's one thing that I think I've been learning over this last year is that you can't say yes to everything. So try to, you know, be strategic on that. But, you know, if you do the bandwidth, I really recommend, you know, volunteering and I think being open, right? With you know, whoever your supervisor or manager is, uh, let them know your interests. I think it's really rare that somebody's going to try to, you know, shut you down um, on purpose, at least, right? You know, whether or not they have the experience or they have the means to get you set up, you know, with somebody in the technology side. But I, it's really rare that somebody wants to kind of hold you back. Um, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, or if you are afraid, still go forward with it. I'm going to ask, right? It doesn't hurt to ask. I think some of the other things that I, that I try to recommend are reading. So this is something that I, I still try to do, but I wish I could do more of. So whether that's leadership books or just training, uh, you know, on new technology or programming. I think programming experience is another thing that is not just for technology people. You know, you can learn some cool automation, you know, Python or Java even, and, you know, can help you out with some, with some tasks. And uh, I think one of the, one of the things to say there, if you're trying to like force yourself to get that experience is, you know, ask your boss, or if you can identify some things in your own life of, I'm doing these same tasks over and over. I have to run these same reports over and over. How can I make it so that I can, you know, cut out 50% of the time it takes? You know, if you can learn some sort of automation programming to help you out there, it's practical experience. And then you just now freed yourself up a little bit to, to work on some other valuable things. And then I think I know one of the things that we, you know, you have a lot of your other guests uh, say is networking. Uh, the pharmacist Slack is awesome. I think just, it's been fantastic to see so many people discuss different topics and ideas and, I mean, it just makes me think and I end up going and reading some other stuff that people recommend. And, you know, it's uh, it's really great to get that energy from other people um, and, and inspiration. So, you know, the the being willing to, to volunteer and help is great. The continual learning and then the networking, those are usually the kind of big three that I, that I 
that I try to tell people to do. And, and it's what I look for. Like if we're hiring somebody that's going to be in one of these roles, right? Usually people that are, you know, doing some of that, they're going to be, you know, a lot more flexible, a lot more willing to adapt. So I think you can demonstrate to other people that you, that you do have that adaptability. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That was really good advice. Uh, if anyone had like, you know, further, I guess, detailed questions for you, uh, what's the best way that they can reach you at? Yeah. So I'd say either the pharmacist Slack, you know, just shoot me a, a direct message or uh, LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn trying to post things when I can, if I find them interesting or comment, and then I'll usually be able to answer any sort of messages off LinkedIn. Um, and I'm always willing to share my email, you know, through that too. So uh, whatever's easiest. I, I really like to try to stay engaged. And uh, it's always fun to see, you know, what all you're posting, Tony. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool to see everything that you're involved in. So, you know, I think that that's why I would say recommending getting on uh, some networking sites, but pharmacist Slack and LinkedIn are the two that I would recommend to get hold of me. Cool, cool. I'll be putting like uh, some information about the pharmacist Slack group and then also a link to your LinkedIn uh, in our show notes. So people, you know, who are interested, they could reach out to you. But yeah, but to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show. All right. Thank you so much, Tony. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there, and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and me. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal. Bye. Bye.